Thanks for joining us, the Wealthy Retailer Podcast with your host, Dan Holman. Every episode, Dan dives into the retail headlines that matter to you, the independent retailer. Covering topics ranging from retailer inventory, technology, marketing, retailers' questions, and more. The Wealthy Retailer Podcast is brought to you by Canadian Retail Solutions. Learn more at retailbycrs.com. And now, here's Dan Holman. Morning, everyone. Welcome to the Wealthy Retailer Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Holman, and I've got my side man. I don't know, Rob, sidekick, side guy, headline guy, marketing what? guru. Rob Wallisher from Road 55 is with us. And Rob, I think this might be our 98th podcast. Our Jesse pull your I can't even pronounce that. Uh, <laughs> why didn't you bring it up next week when I could have said it's our Gretzky podcast? Uh, I think it might be. I'm not 100% sure. I'm going to have to double check. Right on. Yeah, it's uh, we've been having a lot of fun over the last year, right? It, it's yeah. uh, so many headlines and yeah. Uh, um, yeah, you're you're uh, I'm your winger. I'll go into the corners the for you, Dan, and, and <laughs> I'll true. come out with the puck for you. Yeah, I, I like right. that. <laughs> yeah, some good ones this week. I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts on. Um, I, I love the I love the categories of this first story. It talks about we're 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 going to be diving into TikTok moms, Facebook moms, and not sure if my wife would like this uh, definition, but the, the mixtape moms and, yeah. and uh, talking about different eras. So that should be great. Uh, Amazon A, and by the A, I mean the EH variety. Uh, story talking about uh, Hudson's Bay as they enter the game uh, in, into that, uh, we'll say with an I, and that's a big I to, to yeah. dominate in Canada, but that'll be interesting nonetheless. And uh, a story, you know, talking about staffing and and uh, some of the challenges and I'd say opportunities too, but for retailers to look at uh, uh, their staffing as it relates to higher wages and what they must offer their staff with training and development. And of course, our, our question of the week, and uh, this should be a great one, talking about customer loyalty. So really looking forward to, to hearing your thoughts there. All right, Dan, first story, hot off the wire, uh, uh, talking about... An, uh, a baby shop and and talking about how they they uh, you know divide their audience into different segments and how they approach it. What what were your thoughts here, Dan? Well, so this uh, this story is truly for our mom and baby stores. So pay attention, read the article. We'll link it here in our podcast and in the newsletter. This came from um, I don't remember retail uh, retail wire or one of these you know. Um, yeah, the wire service. It, the it, wire it, service, it, yeah. yeah. So yeah. somebody throwing out a press wire, but this came from Zulily. So all of our moms and uh, baby and mom stores know Zulily. Uh, they've gone ahead and identified their customers uh, in a new way following a study that they've that they've done on their with their mom audience. And the study uncovered some points, Rob, um, new points perhaps of digital engagement opportunity or sales campaign opportunities. And they found that the TikTok mom, <laughs> I love this, the TikTok mom, 25 to 34 years old, are the most active multitaskers during their, I'll use my air quotes, mom time, the yep. things that those moms are doing. And these moms are more likely to shop for two, not themselves, but for two, yep. including themselves, in the middle of the night. So Zulily has added free shipping between 2 a.m. and 4 a.m. for that mom, um, as well as some smoking good deals that are only available 
beginning at two o'clock in the morning. So what I really took from this was, yeah, we know that moms are absolutely the multitaskers, <laughs> the multitasking gurus in our so. lives. Yep. Um, and it was funny how they sort of categorize people or their moms from, you know, the TikTok mom, 25 to 34, uh, the Facebook mom, 35 to 44, and then sort of, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in this one, the mixtape moms. Um, I'm not sure if Marlene and I want to be identified as mixtapers, but Hey, you, that's you made mixtapes back in the day, Dan, didn't you? <laughs> Admit it. Mixtapes. But this study from their mom group really started to uncover some opportunities, Rob, for Zulily to do a better job and really yeah. identify with their audience. And, you know, we're going to talk about this a couple of times today, knowing your audience is paramount to your success. And they found out more information about their mom audience and and who does what and you know there's some great percentages in this article that talk about you know who's looking for a deal and who's not who wants convenience who's shopping while they're you know during yep. the sleepless nights and it really went into a study on on sleep nights or or sleep patterns and who's sleeping and who's not and what else do you do yeah some really um, cool so really well done on this yep. on this article um and and for us baby stores our mom and baby stores read this thing, pay attention to what they're seeing. Seven in 10 moms wake up at least once per night. And Facebook moms represented the highest rate of restlessness. And what do they do when they're restless? On the phone, a little searching. I I really like the, um, you know, we talk often about create the right content for the right audience. And this adds that layer of at the right time. time. And, And you know, you look into your marketing campaigns and, and where we're able, and this is a great example of, of utilizing um, day parting, as mm-hmm. it's called, where, you know, creating that, you know, this, this is a, a certain type of content ad that in this case was only that free shipping offer was only going to be appearing uh, between, was it 2 a.m. and 4 a.m.? 2 a.m. and 4 a.m. Yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. So, you know, and the tools are there to do it. And it just gives us as, as marketers another level of thought and, and definitely a big, you know, level of detail to get into that thinking. But, you know, if you're, if you're a restaurant and, and you want to, you know, promote that breakfast special, you know, you have to hit them at that time when everyone's hungry, right? For breakfast. Hungry. Yeah, yeah, for totally. Sure. And, and not uh, waste those impressions at times where, where it's not going to be uh, uh, working for you. Or in this case, they're looking to take advantage of of an audience at a certain time with, with right. an offer that is truly tailored uh, uh, for them. So, yeah, I really enjoyed that uh, uh, part. Some good takeaway for any retailer out there. For sure. Okay, sir. Our next story, staying in that, uh, in that ad biz side of things, uh, coming from adweek.com and uh, talking about Hudson's Bay and I said Amazon A and <laughs> and uh, uh, I found it interesting Dan because I I would openly admit that you know we have we have a perception of the Hudson's Bay in our mind of, of this you know historical brick and mortar uh, company and here right. they are taking a, a new approach uh, new tack what were your thoughts here what stood out well let's let's remember that Hudson's Bay is the oldest retailer in North America and they've been around. For, for so long and have evolved ahead of their counterparts for the last 140 years. 
these these guys are not babes in the woods these guys and gals that run the hudson's bay company albeit it's not a canadian company anymore um they did sell to an american retailer so they're part of uh Saks fifth ave and they have lords and but what was really great in this article was that one of the reasons that the bay has been successful um, and and has survived 140 years is their willingness to take risk in changing or adapting to new economies patterns and consumer behaviors and so you spoke about you know canada a or amazon a as yep. in let's see these guys become the amazon in in canada um you know that may not necessarily be the case but shifting or the shift for them to own a marketplace so think about a marketplace uh, just as you would in, in old school thinking, I'm going to the market and I'm going to see a ton of different right. vendors, if you will. Well, a marketplace is made up of sellers in, in that marketplace. And, and by the Bay, by Hudson's Bay, adding third-party sellers to their market, they're going to look to strengthen the bond that they have with that behavior-changing HBC consumer. Walmart, Rob, has done this um 12 or 13 years and they were really the only marketplace competitor to amazon um, and even to call them competition <laughs> is, yep. is perhaps severely overstated considering walmart has about 36 million items for sale in their marketplace compared to amazon's 350 million from about 6 million sellers worldwide. Yeah, to, to put that all in perspective eh? yeah 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 like i mean if Walmart isn't competing in Canada or isn't the go-to, and we'll talk a little bit about why Amazon and, Mar and, and Walmart have the success they do and where I think the Bay will have some success. But we're really talking about, you know, are they going to compete with Amazon? HBC's desire is to launch with 500 sellers, resellers, or 500 new vendors selling direct-to-consumer on their marketplace. In no way, shape, or form are they going to compete with Amazon's, you know, 3 million or 6 million, 6 million is the 6 million sellers on Amazon. And, you know, at one time Walmart had uh, about, I think they're down to 82,000. I think they were over a hundred thousand at one point, but in the last couple of years, they've pared down their resellers to be you know, about 82,000 and the Bay is going to come out with 500. Now, why do I think the Bay is going to make a dent in the Canadian market? Well, the Bay has never really been heavily focused on price point. The Bay has always focused on, on brand, on connectivity, on, you know, product ahead of price. And Amazon exists purely from a price point attack today. Yes, They've added convenience, which is a big part of it, yeah. but they're a price point driver. Right? And we feel this every day in retail where we're trying to compete with an Amazon price. Well, do you, th do you think a lot of this speaks to, you know, the, the, the Bay's approach to this is from that, I'll say that trusted curation of, of these 500 sellers, like, yeah. or, or is it the start of many or just a, no, this is, you're going to come to us because... Um, it, it really is part of right. our brand. And, and they're going to align with 
with vendors or sellers on their marketplace that are aligned with the HBC brand. And when you look at that mid to upper price point market share in Canada, the Bay owns more of it than anyone else does. I mean, the yeah. Bay has outlasted Nordstrom. They've outlasted Holt Renfrew in a lot of cities. Um, you know, the Bay has been that mid to upper price point yeah. department, type, department type retailer, who, by the way, uh, has steered away from the full-on department model that saw, you know, Sears crumble to the ground not very long ago. They're, they're much more heavily focused in things that are touching you. I mean, apparel for sure, big, big, big in apparel, but also a little bit on the home goods side. Not nearly as much furniture and electronics at the Bay as we do see now kitchen and, and bed and bath. And so they have narrowed their focus and they're going to re- relaunch or expand that focus again by adding some other resellers to their marketplace yeah. or adding sellers to their marketplace. So they're going to make a dent. Just they're not competition to Amazon. They're in a different game. Yeah. When you look at this, like, you know, the Bay versus Amazon, but even like taking it down even more levels in size, you know, more for the independent retailers. Is this something, Dan, is this a takeaway for here's an opportunity for, for independent retailers to look at adding more seller channels digitally what, yeah, what do you it's think a great question that? it's a great question and i think that we already see some of that yep. um in retail when we bring in you know apparel retail home goods retail home accessory home gift stores have always been very good at showcasing local artisans and local manufacturers and allowing that manufacturer to sell directly on your site might be an opportunity to get you in front of more eyes Right. Interesting. Yeah. Right on. I mean, we see it on consignment today. You know, we've got jewelry in our store, in our apparel stores on consignment from a local artisan, and we pay for it when we sell it. I mean, consignment, let's remember, is just a, a form of payment. It's just terms. Yeah. I pay for it when it sells instead of ahead of it selling. It still has to be built into my assortment. And, and we're seeing that resale or seller opportunity, third-party seller opportunity in all walks of retail. This just happens to be curated in their online platform. This podcast is brought to you by Canadian Retail Solutions. We've been empowering retailers across North America for 30 years with the latest in point of sale technology, best in class support, merchandise intelligence with open to buy planning and much more. CRS has the retail solution to help take your retail business to the next level of success. Visit retailbycrs.com to learn more. Remember, Canadian Retail Solutions exists to help make you, the independent retailer, better. Okay, our next story, Dan. Retailers, the competition for talent. A lot of factors coming in play here as to, to what's uh, uh, affecting this challenge, we'll, we'll say. But uh, um, it's not just money. And, and I think, you know, it's easy to default just to that. But there's some other things at play here. What, what stood out sure. in this story, Dan? Well, this, this is from Retail Insider. You know, it's my morning cup of coffee newspaper. It's what I read every single morning. Yep. Um, and this article spoke about uh, the challenges that, that our retail world is faced with today in hiring people. And hiring good or the right people has always been a challenge for retail. And the pandemic is doubling down on, on thinning the herd, if you will, Rob. We're seeing fewer and fewer candidates, you would think that the significant number of retail closings would have added a ton of new talent to the pool, but 
as Retail Insider highlights here, that's just the opposite. Many employees have left the retail sector altogether. They're either moving away from major urban centers, you know, moving, uh, uh, you know, further into bedroom communities with this work from home shift that we're seeing, yeah. or they're avoiding frontline positions due to anxiety <laughs> over, you know, health and safety yeah. um, and their well-being, and and they're being compensated. In, in a lot of cases, equally for being at home as they are at work, which is creating a whole nother challenge for us, for us, pardon me. And in addition to, you know, these other concerns, you know, poor remuneration, the lack of recognition, the absence of career path, ongoing, are, are, are these ongoing compounding effects in this pool. And no matter what aspect, Rob, we're in in retail, no matter if it's technology or education and training or merchandising and analytics, analytics, pardon me, we, we feel like our piece of the retail puzzle is the most important to a retailer's success. And the truth is that our people deliver success. Everything else allows them to be successful in our business. And it's our people that drive that success and failure in our business. And we, as um, retail leaders, must do a better job of curating the next retail generation or, or retail will die a slow and painful death. We need to improve the areas on the areas that were really highlighted well in this article. Again, we'll share a link to this, but there were three key takeaways um, for, for not just hiring, but for retaining people. And number one, of course, is compensation. Compensation has to improve. We've got to revisit how and how much we're paying our retail employees and pay for performance must be a component of their remuneration packages. We've spent far too long in Canada bitching about the rise in minimum wage instead of looking at, you know, how do I pay my people well beyond minimum wage? How do we get them to be, you know, $20 or $30 an hour earners in my store instead of us focusing on, oh, minimum wage just went up to $15. Who gives a shit what minimum wage is? If you're building an organization that remunerates people for their performance, they, their earning potential should be uncapped. The other thing that was highlighted here was professional development. And the fact that training and education has always been an afterthought has to change. Warm bodies will never, ever move the needle forward in your store. You need to invest in your people with good training. And that training doesn't necessarily have to come from you and I as the retail leader. We may need to reach outside of our of our little bubble and bring in education and professional development. And always thinking, which sort of feeds into point three here, on career path planning. Employees, no matter what, want to know what's next for them. And one of the benefits of, of having this well-trained, competent team is it builds your pool of strong candidates groomed for growth in your organization. And planning their, their career path forward is paramount. They need to know that your investment in them will give them 
something at the end of the day, at the down the road. And us building up this talent in our pool is is paramount to, yep. to outlasting the competition. It happens with your people, not your product. Yeah. Do you think the industry kind of went through a phase, Dan, where a, a lot of retail positions were looked at as this is simply these are transient positions, it, it's yep. entry point versus the, you know, seizing that one word career. Like we're, we're going to treat and approach it all as the, right. these are our career paths. And with that comes money, comes training, comes, comes the path. And, it, right. and if retailers just simply framed everything up in that light, they're, they're probably going to be pretty pleasantly surprised what, what comes out the other end. Yeah. And I think, Rob, this speaks a lot to your dedication to your team that you have today. You'll remember, you know, maybe a year or 18 months ago, we had Doug Webster from Staples, you know, yeah. Staples Canada, um, Staples themselves, a huge conglomerate, but Doug recognized his position in curating his, his team. You know, that in some cases there were transient people that he brought them in at 16, 17 years old and helped them get to that next level. He invested in them to become better employees, even if that meant it wasn't with Staples. But Doug also was curating career-minded retail yeah. people. Yeah. And, and, you know, in our retail world, in our indie retail world, you know, one in 10 will cross our path that, that longs to live a career in retail. For lots of people, it is a stepping stone, but your retail success comes from coaching and counseling your team, right? Showing them the pathway to more and compensating them at, you know, a reward, a rewarding, you know, self-fulfilling level. If you're paying your person, the person in your store minimum wage, if that's how you view them, you're screwed. Yeah, yeah. You're screwed. You got to view them as being this, you know, six-figure asset to your store, and and don't they bring that into the business? We've we've long passed the days of the glorified cashier, and if we're not picking up on this in indie retail after this last twelve months of bullshit that we're going through, that we need to have really strong people. Yeah. Maybe we got to find a new career path ourselves. Well, it makes me remember that great line of the, well, what if we train them and they leave? And it's like, well, what if you don't and they stay? What if you stay? don't train them? <laughs> and what if you don't stay? educate them? What if you don't <laughs> teach them how to sell? Oh, you know, we talked totally. about the importance of having salespeople on our store floors, not glorified cashiers. Salespeople, that's a craft. That's a learned craft. And it doesn't come from trial and error. It comes from a basis or a foundation of education and professional development that allows trial and error to exist, Rob, yeah. right? Right on. Okay, Dan, we, they're paid well, great, great career path, great training, and that leads to customer loyalty, right? Perhaps it does, absolutely. Maybe, okay, a retailer, question of the week, uh, take this away. <laughs> well, so this question, thanks, big thanks to, um, to Carrie and Regina, Awesome. Uh, for sending this question in through the podcast and to Holly. Holly uh, with Little Red Bird is one of our, you know, what we like to think of as one of our, our wealthy retailers. And, and she brought up loyalty on a coaching call uh, last week. And so uh, I'm going to say, how are we going to address loyalty? So the real question, I should, I should highlight the question. Okay. You know, Carrie asked me about loyalty programs that were effective. 
And I did what I often do, sometimes erroneously. I answered a question with a question. <laughs> Tell me why you're looking at your loyalty. Tell me what the real reason is that you're looking for a loyalty program. And, and when this topic or question comes up, you know, rarely is it derived from the real issue that the retailer is facing. And understanding how to dissect an issue in your store and get to this real root cause is imperative. And loyalty programs are often brought to the forefront as a solution for waning sales. And so I am going to speak to loyalty today, but, you know, as I, as I sort of just alluded to, you've got to understand why you're looking at loyalty and what things can we be focused on today before you know we we head down this road most loyalty programs most if not all loyalty programs are driven by rewards or discounts you know your sixth coffee is free your tenth submarine is free da 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 da, da. these rewards driven platforms don't achieve success through the free or the discount um, they, they, they achieve success through consistent, through a consistent level of service, level of product, and, and commitment to their client. It's, it's super important for us to acknowledge that loyalty cannot be bought in our store. If you think loyalty discount is going to create loyalty in your store, what makes you think that store next door to you can't steal that loyalty away? Rob, you know, why do we go to Cheers? Why did everybody go to Cheers? Not because there was a deal on beer. Cliff Clavin trivia. <laughs> Cliff trivia. But because everyone knew your name. Everybody knows your name. Let's go to a place where everybody knows you. Isn't that what we want when we walk into a retail store? To be acknowledged, yeah. to be known? To, to be, hey, I'm important here. I mean something to this business. And when we think about loyalty like this, loyalty is earned. It can't be bought in your store. And earning loyalty begins with knowing her and starting to understand you know, what makes her tick. Once you know her, you start to understand who she is and how whatever it is you're offering whatever piece of the puzzle you bring, how it satisfied a need that she has. Now, listen, I'm not going to crap over the plethora of, of apps and, and integrations that yep. are available to help with loyalty. Uh, I mean, I'm, we're, we're a technology-driven company. No. Uh, we know with it technology. You're speaking more to the mindset right now. But the mindset, the yeah, yeah, of loyalty. Let's figure out how we bring something that that breeds loyalty, that inspires loyalty into our store. Before we employ or spend money on an integration or an app, we have to ask ourselves, what will it do for me? And more importantly, what will it do for her that I can't already do? And ask yourself, do I know her well enough? Do I reach out to her enough? Is there more I can do with the tools I already have? And lastly, will this solve my issue? The issue is always going to be waning sales. Yeah. It's always going to be client. I mean, customer attrition. Customer attrition leads to waning sales. 
And is this really going to fix your problem? And, you know, let's talk about the three things. I Do I know her well enough? Do you really know your customer? If you know your customer, you know the geo, the demo, the psychographic of your customer. You know her kids. You know who she is. And I asked, you know, do you reach out enough to her? How are we reaching out to customers? Right? Rob, why do we go back to the same restaurant over and over again? Is it because I get a discount for, at that restaurant? Not at all. There's no, why? Back to that comfort, that comfort it's, of, of, yeah, the I'm friendliness. Gonna get, the, it's going to fulfill my, my expectation. Yeah. I'm going to get a consistent level. Of, I mean, I'm going to get a level of service that makes me feel good about spending my dollars in that restaurant or in that spa at that hairdresser. Loyalty is about the service we give them. And yes, you know, that I have products that I stand behind. Product is, is an important piece of the puzzle, but we go back to the same places, not because of discount, but rather because of, you know, the consistent experience, the way it makes me feel. And I, I, it, I know that it already lives up to my expectations. And that's not the case in a lot of retail. And retailers that cop to, oh, I need a loyalty program to help with this, first better look at, am I doing everything I should be? Am I calling her? Am I emailing her? How do I reach out to my client base today to tell them how much I care? Remember, you know, we've said this before, we're gonna say it again and again and again. Nobody gives a shit how much you know until they know how much you care. Nobody gives a shit how much stuff you have in your store to offer until they know how much you care. Nice. All right. Let's reach out to them before we spend money in loyalty. Yep. Well, that's great, Dan. As I said, it, it, I, I really like where you started this conversation and that's more the approach and the mindset versus just jumping right to the tools. And as you said, they are plenty uh, are uh, right, right now. Yeah. So if for those who maybe do want to know a little bit more about the tools or have another question as it relates to loyalty or, or anything yeah, else anything on retail, else. How, how do they get a hold of you? <laughs> Just fire an email to dan at the wealthy retailer.com. Um, that no, no, no topic is off limits. And certainly if you want to know a little bit more about loyalty and some of the apps that are available, some of the things that integrate well with your POS, absolutely hit up the team at retailbycrs.com. There's a section there on loyalty, but more importantly, there's a section on, you know, how to connect with a retail expert that can, that can talk about the why you want this and what better approach. And, and maybe I'm the guy you should talk to about your issue on that side, you know, yeah. before you get to let's, let's let loyalty band-aid a challenge that I already have. So yeah, send an email to Dan at the wealthy retailer.com. And as always, please, please, please subscribe to the, to the weekly newsletter at retail by crs.com. We'll, we'll have links to the stories we talked about. And Rob's got some stories that we didn't talk about that get included in this email too. Awesome. Yeah. So if you don't get a hold of Dan right now, I think Dan, that might be, you know, a future promise for us to look at that topic where we could dive into a few of those, some of the loyalty options, but, but again, just love where you started on the, this is what you need to this, pause for a moment. Think about this first and look at, look at some of the approaches that you're doing or probably more importantly, not doing, not doing uh, uh, right now. Uh, as Dan said, uh, we've got a few other stories in the newsletter. Um, uh, we always love this. Why community is the future of retail. And my gosh, if that doesn't echo everything that we've just been talking about here, 
Um, a story about uh, the cat man, you know, the cat man do uh, <laughs> category management. Well, I know Dan uh, focus lots on, on that within your inventory and how that can boost your sales. You'll enjoy that story. Uh, what does the store of the future look like? A lot of interesting ideas out there. Uh, so the link there, will share some ideas. And uh, so again, if you haven't, head to retailbycrs.com, sign up for that newsletter. Uh, be sure to, uh, uh, you know, give us a like and a follow on the, on the old podcast machine that you're on. Leave a review, that would be awesome. And uh, great job this week, Dan. Yeah, thank you. Great job. Great job to you as well. All right, everyone. Have a great week. Happy retailing.